0: What is up, my friends? Welcome back to another episode of the Coworking Weekly Show. As always, I'm your host, Alex Hellman, and today we're talking about socialization in the workplace. I don't know exactly how it ended up being the middle of June, but here we are. And it's been a little bit longer than I'd like since we put out a new episode of the show. Uh, it's actually been since before the People at Work Summit, which was a huge, huge success. And so many things that we want to write about and share about, we'll be talking about what we learned and how we're going to be doing that again, what we're going to be improving and how you can learn from that to create more online community experiences for your community as well. Uh, and that's coming up in the coming months. Since People at Work Summit, we've been working really, really hard on a couple of of other really specific things. One of the big ones is getting ready for Indy Hall to move. For those of you that have been listening over the last year, you know that we have been navigating uh, the need to move out of the space that we've been in for the last seven or eight years. We found the new spot. We've been working with our landlord, our new landlord, to get it ready for us. So, uh, as you can imagine, a lot of things going on there as well. And we'll be talking more in detail about the decisions that go into every single day figuring out how to turn a new office into our home. Uh, but for 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 this episode, and going forward, we want to start reintroducing more of the Q&A. We got some great response from doing answers to questions from readers in the past. So thought that we'd jump back on the microphone and start cranking out some of these answers. So we dug deep into the archive and we pulled out a handful, of, and we're going to start with one, a really good one, from one of the members here at Indie Hall. Jordan Ryder, a member of Indy Hall, asks, how do you balance socializing and productivity? What are effective ways to make sure that members can opt out of public participation? So I think at the end of the day, the idea that productive work and social time are at complete opposite ends of the spectrum are part of the problem with this question. The question sort of illustrates a mindset and where people struggle coming into a a co-working space or really any kind of environment. I think a lot of it stems from the fact that historically we had in our minds that work was a place. We got to a place to do work. Work was doing usually the same task or a small collection of tasks throughout the day, and when we were done with our work, we went home, sort of the complete separation of work and life. That's what they talk about, you know, trying to balance work and life. In order for you to balance them, they need to be defined as two separate things. And I think some cases, and I would argue most cases, things like work and life actually happen on a spectrum versus not exactly the same time. I was talking with one of our members the other day about a book that he read recently called Deep Work, which comes from the point of view that the best work, your most meaningful work, which is this sort of deep work where you're in some sort of state where there's no interruptions, it takes a while to get into. From that point of view, socialization in the workplace can be seen as the enemy, because it's contextually a distraction away from your best work. But I'm going back to what I was saying before about how we used to think about work as a place. Nowadays, when work can happen anywhere, it's sort of a change in responsibility on the worker. It's our individual responsibilities to choose the best place to work, the best environment to work, those people to work around for the kind of work itself, for the mood that I'm in that day. So for instance, you know, there are some kinds of work that I need to be completely uninterrupted for. But for me it's in the minority. I'll, the reason I come to a place like Indie Hall, and I'm speaking personally, but I'm also speaking on behalf of lots of people who come here specifically for the noise, for the buzz, for the quote unquote socialization, is that they're coming here for the interruptions, which is a little bit counterintuitive. The reason I think it's really valuable is because I think it creates an entirely new environment where people can choose the best place, the best environment for them down to the moment. And it all comes down to that choose, choice, that's what defines co-working in my mind. It's not about a particular place. It's about choosing where you are and who you're around. So what is the role of socialization in the workplace? For me, it comes down to relationships. And the design patterns that have made Indy Hall successful and made it a place that is better than the alternatives, and I'm not talking about the alternative co-working spaces, I'm talking about the alternatives of working at home alone in your underwear for free, or working in a cafe around other people but with no sense of interaction or context or or, or possibility really of, of collaboration. Socialization is the groundwork for the building of trust. And the reason I believe that's true is because every time we look for ways to ground our community, when I say ground our community, I'm talking about make it easier for people to connect with each other. It's the things that make people more likely to connect that we have to look for. And those things generally aren't work. Sometimes people will connect over aspects of their work, like the tools they use, the techniques that they're learning. But a lot of times the connections, the relationships, the trust comes from understanding a little bit more about who the person sitting next to you really is. And so, so few of us are defined wholly by our work, want to be defined wholly by our work. So the balance of work and life and work in socialization in a co working space comes down to your choice. On the operational side, the team who helps run the co working space and the community itself. All we do is extend invitations, and we extend educated invitations based on what we know or believe you would be interested in doing. It's less about trying to get you to do something. It's more about noticing what you might want to do if you knew there was an opportunity to and doing that. It's not about pushing people to do things. I think a lot of people look at the way they run the social programming in a co-working space is events, 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 push, 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 push. And there's absolutely a line to walk here, and sometimes it's a tricky one between how much do I talk about a thing before I'm pushing it? And it comes down to what that thing is and whether or not people actually want to already be a part of it. So I think that's the key, is the socialization isn't forced. It can't be forced. It's more about sort of unlocking a potential energy. And the way you get there is by doing some homework and one-on-one interactions in those moments in the kitchen, in the cafe, during a tour where you're learning who somebody is and what they really care about and using those as clues to figure out what you could invite people to. One of the best uh, sort of advanced techniques that for that, that that I like is looking for things that people already do, already enjoy doing on the social side of things, whether those are you know outdoor activities or reading or whatever their hobbies are, and think to yourself, Would it be fun to do that with other people, even if it's not directly collaborative, right? What if it's just sitting and reading, but together, right? It goes back to that intentional choice of doing something you were already going to do, but doing it around other people that creates a productive social environment instead of just a purely distracted one.